you can join me again to the gospel according to Mark also, we have it printed in your bulletins as well, the text right within there, looking at verses 14 to 21, I want to deal with the title, if you will, Remembering God, and the subtitle will, Don't Miss the Main Thing. As we look into this text, I, I want to lift uh, the previous verses before the, the pericope we're going to focus on this morning are verses 14 to 21. Uh, but I want you to catch the mood of Jesus. We talk about our Lord and the Savior many times, and we talk about how much he loves us, he cares for us. But I want to highlight here that he also he can get angry. If you look here in Mark the 8th uh, chapter, he once again is around a disbelieving generation. And they come to him, picking up at verses 11 of the 8th chapter, says, When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had arrived, they came and started to argue with him, testing him. They demanded that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. When he heard this, he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, I will not give this generation any such sign. So he got back into the boat and left them, and he crossed to the other side of the lake. Just If you look here, this is just after he fed 4,000 folks with seven loaves of bread and a few fish. They had a nerd to come up to him and say, show us a sign of your authority. I don't know about you, but if I got done just doing some good stuff, somebody will come up and tell me, can you show me who you are? I might be just like, I'm going to get in my boat and leave. <laughs> he was just fed up. They came to him saying, prove to me who you are. Now, look at it closely here. I can see how he gets upset with these folk because they're not getting what's going on. But yet he has his 12 whom he chosen and he shared to them that they will understand the secrets of the kingdom because they are with him. Unlike those who are having ears but cannot hear, eyes they cannot see so that they cannot understand. So now he's on the boat with his homies. And he's trying to instruct them because of the foolishness he just dealt with. Telling them to be aware, watch out, be on guard of the Pharisees, the yeast of them, and the yeast of Herod. Tell your neighbor, stay on the same, main thing. The main thing was he's trying to teach to them about how to keep their faith in him. But they got caught up. They started talking about bread. Look, look what it says there. As they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus is teaching them metaphorically about the yeast of the Pharisees and, and the Herod, how they need to be careful of their doubt, of their legalism, be careful of how they are abusing the authority that they have and misusing it and not proper teaching the children of God. Jesus is trying to warn them, warn them don't be like them. And, and, and I, don't, I don't blame the disciples because I can understand how in our lifetimes, ourselves, how we can get busy. 
we get so caught up with everything that we forget some things. We get so busy at our job, so busy that we start running that we forget to get uh, some something to eat. We forget to pick up what we meant to pick up. We forget to pick up somebody. We forget to go buy somebody. So I can understand how Jesus talking to them. Their mind gets all of them that we don't have any food. But Jesus was not talking about that. And in our lives, I can see how we get so caught up with the busyness and the hustle and the bustle of our lives that we neglect the main thing. In our lives, we have to realize that we have to compartmentalize and put stuff in priority. There's an example of how a man will stand on front of a crowd and he will have sand, he will have rocks, and he'll have water right there in a jar. And he will put rocks in that jar, and he asked them, hey, can anything get in? They said, no, because the rocks will fill up to the top. He says, all right, now he pours in sand. Sand fits in. They're like, he says, can anything else get in? They said, no, you got the rocks and the sand, nothing can fit in. Then he pours the water in. And now they, now they realize that, of course, something else can get in there. They, they realize that what he's pointing out, that if you don't put the rocks in first, you can't, get every, you can't get them in. And too many times in our lives, we put other stuff in first, then we try to figure out how we're going to fit this in. We need to remember God in everything that we do. Isaiah tells us in 23, uh, the 23rd chapter, telling us this, that it, he will keep us in perfect peace. Those who keep their minds stay on him. What a comfort, what a joy it is to know that our God can keep us, he can sustain us, in the middle of anything we're going through. If you look here, Jesus in this chapter, right here in this eighth chapter, has just fed 4,000. Doubters came, not believing him, saying, prove to us your authority. Before that, he heals a deaf man who had a speech impediment. Before that, he heals a Greek woman, a heathen, not a Jew's daughter, who was, had an evil spirit. Before that, he challenged the Pharisees because they challenged him how his disciples were not clean because they didn't wash. But he says, that's not what makes you dirty, what comes out of your mouth. Hello. It's what makes you dirty. What's in your heart is what makes you dirty. I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to, I didn't have this in my notebook. I'm going to stick a pen in it right now because there's too much filth going out through the, our TVs, our radios, our airways that we have our children repeating things. They don't know what they're talking about. And, and, and they think it looks cute, but not knowing that's what really makes you ugly. Because beauty is not on the inside, but it truly comes in from the outside. And so, I'm sorry, I said it back. So beauty is not truly what's on the outside, but it's what comes in from, the, from, from, the, from within. And what we need to realize is that we want God hidden within our heart. So that we might not sin against him. So we can have maybe unattractiveness on the outside. or may not be dressing in the, in the clothes of today. But when you have Jesus on the inside, it's amazing how you are beautiful. Saying goes how eyes and the beauty of the beholder, but some of us are still ugly because you got ugly beholders. You have those who don't understand beauty trying to tell you what beauty looks like got you looking ugly. But the Bible tells us to take off the flesh but put on the spirit, and that's what makes us clean and beautiful on the inside to the outside. But let me get back to my text. Before that, Jesus walked on water, and then he fed the 5,000. 
Now, if you just look at just this brief period of time, a few days, they seen a man feed 5,000 with a small lunch. They seen him walk on water on stormy seas. Uh, they seen him clean a woman's daughter who he did not see, but she, her spirit left her at that moment in time the mama was talking to him. They saw how he was able to put his fingers in somebody's ears and spit and open up his ears and his tongue was loosened. They saw him how he was able to feed uh, 4,000 people with seven loaves, and yet they get on the boat with one loaf and start worrying how are we going to eat? Can I drive this home for you? If he can feed the 5,000. If he can feed the 4,000, can he not feed the 12? And, and, and so we get caught up that we start worrying about our issues and what can we do to fix it, not realizing that God is always around. Is not Jesus on the boat? And some suggest that He's pointing out to them the one loaf is equating to Jesus, the living bread. Saying that, do you not see what you got here? Me, if you have me, you would never hunger if I can provide for the rest. So look how he, he quizzes them and checks them out and says, yeah, y- y'all not catching on what I'm talking about. I was talking to you about some from Pharisees and, and Herod, how they're up to some foolishness that I don't want you to be like them, but you get caught up with some food. But before I get to the food aspect, let me highlight what Jesus trying to point out to them that we need to grab on here, that there's a lot of people out there that people think are cool, think they know what they talk about, but we should not be aspiring to be like them. Jesus let them know to be careful, do not get caught up with the in crowd. They're trying to show how they have authority and they have power, but they are far from me. They are hearing, but not, but not, they might not un- truly understand it, seeing, but not truly seeing what's going on. They are dumb, stupid, and ignorant to what's going on. He's pointing out that you should not be so. If you remember, they came to him, uh, James and John, saying, Jesus, we won't be at your right and your left. He says, the Pharisees lorded over what you should not do. He's been consistently pointing out to them, this is who you should not be like. But yet, they missed it this time because they're concerned about what they're going to eat. And so Jesus points out to them, says, uh, look, look here, come on, man. you have eyes, but y'all cannot see. You have ears, but you are not hearing. Don't you remember anything or don't you understand at all? When I fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread, how many baskets of overs did you pick up afterward? Oh, 12. Jesus, we know this. And when I fed the 4,000 and with the seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven. So obviously they remember, but yet look how we chastise them. Don't you understand yet? He's pointing out to them that if I could provide for them, can I not provide for you now? Can we not look in our lives? Can we not look back and see if he's provided for us in the past? Is he not able to provide for us now? In our lives, we realize as I grow in my maturity in the Lord, I should realize that he'll never leave me nor forsake me, that he will never put me in a condition that he can't bring me out. Jesus put him on the boat. I bet he knew they only had one loaf. <laughs> because he didn't tell them to gather the baskets. They left the baskets every time. Every time he fed the multitude, the baskets remained. 
One time when he left the 12 baskets, they saw, they followed him to the other side, wanting more bread. And he knew why they came. And that's what he pointed out to them, that you want this bread, but I'm telling you, the bread from heaven shall come. But they were not understanding. They were not understanding. They just wanted the bread they had that tasted so good on the other side. They said, Jesus, feed us some more. We want some more of that bread. He feeds the 4,000. He leaves the baskets behind. And yet the disciples still are thinking, how can we have a meal? If we look in our Bible, the Bible reminds us that we need to take time to remember God. Tell your neighbor, take time to remember, remember God. If you look closely in our Bible, it reminds us that when they remember God, they did well. But when they forgot God, they messed up. As, as, as I was studying to prepare to close out this message about how we need to uh, 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 remember and we want to post how God remembers us, I want to close out how we need to remember him. Because in Judges, it's, it's, it's repetitive. It says that, again, they knew not God. And when they did not know God, they started crying out to God because of pain, because of punishment, because God would turn them over to their enemies. But when they remember God and they cried out to God, God would send them a judge to deliver them. But do you clash it? It's only when they forgot God, they fall into trouble. But when they remember him, they did all right. You look in the Chronicles of the Kings, it says, especially when you get into the, the part of the king that says, and this king was wicked, more wicked than his father. More wicked than his father. But when you find a righteous king that said he was not like his wicked father, but he remembered God and honored him, and they were blessed by this. But yet when they have turned away, God turns them over to punishment and peril. Just as his love is real, his wrath is real. And so we need to realize that our God has given us requirements of what we should do. Those who in Sunday school heard it and said, what is required of the Lord, that you love justice, do us holy, that you see it in Deuteronomy says this, that God wants you to love and justice. It's repeated over and over again what's required of him. Ecclesiastes summarizes it up in this process, saying that the whole duty of the man is to fear the Lord and obey his commands. But when we don't fear him, we don't trust him, we fall for anything. Because, Lord, I don't believe you means I won't do what you call me to do. And when I don't do what I call him to do, I start focusing, stop focusing on him, start focusing on myself and my agenda, just like the disciples. They were not listening to the instruction of the master, but instead they were listening to themselves, say, you know what, we, did you get the bread? 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 What's going on? We only got one loaf of bread. We don't have any bread. Jesus sees what's going on say, why are y'all talking about bread? Do you still not understand? It's pointing out to us that it's so obvious to us that sometimes we don't even get it. If God is who he says he is, if he's who he says he is, what are we to fear? If, if, if he's who he says he is, why am I feeling I have to depend on the economy and not on him? If he's who he says he is, why is it that I let Dow Jones tell me what to do with my money, not let the Lord? If he says, if he's who he says he is, why is it I let everybody on TV tell me what's good for me and not listen when the Bible tells me what's good for me? We live in a time that 
name brand superstars will get will get more uh, uh, attention than the word of God. We were Friday night, Friday night, Friday night. I'm, I'm sorry, Friday afternoon. We went to the prayer, uh, and Marvin Sapp was there to help lead in prayer, a prayer against violence, and 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 I thought that it's going to be a packed place. I mean, you could throw rocks and miss people. Prayer for to end violence, right? We all know some babies been shot out in the street. We know somebody's able to change it, but a handful show up. And guess this, guess this. Even the name Marvin Sapp didn't bring them out. If a, a, a superstar of celebrity status can't bring you people out, let alone the word of God didn't bring them out. Somebody walked by, thought it was Aaron Schott that brought him out. Saying, oh, he can draw a crowd. It's a saying that the word of God cannot be so powerful around this word that people hear that they move to it, but know that it takes some time of character. People try to use charisma, trying to use gadgets and all kinds of things to attract people to the word of God when God is just attractive all by himself. But when we lose track of the main thing, we try to substitute it with other things. We need to be careful. We need to be careful that we remember God. That when you wake up in the morning, remember he brought him, He woke me up for another day. Remember him throughout our day. says, he's the one that blessed me with this job. Or he blessed me that I'm able to retire. Or he blessed me that I can do what I'm doing with the activity of my limbs. We need to remember that it's he that's brought us through. Most of the stories we remember in the Bible is because somebody decided to remember it and write it down. David remembered God in front of Goliath. And we celebrate that. Because he realized that you are standing on Philistine talking about our God. And you're not even under his covenant. That's why I say you uncircumcised. Say, you're not even under the, under the covenant. You're not even protected. And you got the dare to, you, to talk about my God? And you want to laugh at me? You going down. When we realize that we're standing in the power and the might of our God and we remember that, who can stand before us? That's why it's time for us to declare in the promises of the Lord that he has promised for us that we can change this, our community, change our household. When we turn and turn it over to the Lord, it's amazing how our household is so much more at peace. Because when you stop focusing on, on me, 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 stop saying, Lord, what do you want? It's amazing how you don't get worried about stuff. The disciples are stressed out. How are they going to get some bread not knowing bread was already there? If we look in our lives, can we not see how when we thought that we had to figure it out, God has already worked it out? That when we give credit to what credit is due. When we look at it, what he says is to have your eye, you have eyes you cannot see, you have ears you cannot hear. Don't you remember anything at all? We need to be careful that we do not become ignorant to the glory of God. That when it's time to give him praise, we give him praise. When it's time to recognize him for who he is, we recognize him. 
And when somebody else comes to tell you something, it's an opportunity for you to point them to who made it all possible. Jesus is trying to help out the disciples as he's trying to help us out to realize that he is able to change our circumstances, to understand that he is able to give us and supply our every need. If you look in this text, as I pointed out, that he healed a, a deaf man at the end of chapter 7, then right after he gets off the boat, he, he heals a blind man. Do you see the, how the gospel of Mark put this together? It says, you have, you have ears, you cannot hear. Heals a deaf man. You have eyes, you cannot see. He heals a blind man, pointing out that cannot, Jesus can make you hear. Jesus can make you see. What is trying to tell us is that if you are lacking in understanding, what can you do? Just ask him. Ask him. You don't know what to do in your life? Just ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? And be patient enough to wait on him to provide for you as only he can. Because look at the provision of our God. When he fed the 5,000, how much did they have left over? Twelve baskets full. Which points out to us that when he blesses us, he blesses us in abundance. Even so, when he had the four, they had five baskets left over. He blesses in abundance. This is the goodness of our provider, that he will give us what we need and then some. God does not give us lacking. He gives us a surplus. Because look at his power. Look at the power of our God. This same power that he has does never lose his power. It never needs to be recharged. Never has to be re-energized, nor does it ever become drained. His power is self-sustaining because he's sovereign all by himself. And Jesus, all powerful by himself, pointing to his disciples, you are looking for something to eat and I'm right here. I I have the living water. I have the living bread, so you will never thirst, that you will never hunger. You're looking around for how you can provide for yourself, not looking who is the great provider. So in remembering God, we need to remember that he's all-powerful. Remember that not only can he give us the strength, Isaiah says, they that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. Why? Because you've become weary. Young men become weary, but the Lord, he never becomes weak nor weary. Isn't that right, Samson? So no, Samson says, Lord, remember me. Because <laughs> Samson, remember, his strength came from God. All the time, Samson thought it was about him just doing other stuff. It came to him senses that, God, my power comes from you. Nebuchadnezzar was doing stuff outside of the will of God. God warned him by Daniel. Don't get caught up. Daniel warned him, king, my king, please refrain from sinning. Nebuchadnezzar decided to get him and said, look how good my stuff is. God made him lose his mind. And then when he came to it, says, oh, God, you are sovereign all by you are powerful. You are glory. When we remember the power and authority of our God, we don't lose our minds. Second aspect about remembering God, remember his power, remember his provision. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He is the good shepherd that he will lead us into a green pasture. He is pointing out to us that he will provide for us with security and safety. As a shepherd, he will defend us. He will feed us. He's a perfect provider. 
He has the power to watch over us and keep us and sustain us, and then he will provide for us. And what we do is remember this. He, not only does he have the power, he has the provision, but Cass says he has a purpose for us. The beautiful thing about our God is that he does not do this just to show off. He does it so he can show us who he wants us to be. Jesus tells this to the disciples to warn them so they will be who he's calling them to be. God is trying to help us in his provision and his power for us to see who he wants us to be. This, many of us have electronics now. And when you open up the, if you open them up and you read the instructions, and definitely if it's charged by a battery, they tell you before you do it to get it, give it a full charge. And they tell you that because if you want to get the most out of it, you need to give it a full charge. Because what that does, it calibrates that battery to get used to being at a full charge. So that it's, it, it, it endures the length of the battery, which endures the life of the gadget. But again, it says that before you use it, please give it a full charge. Which points out to us in our lives that we didn't realize that our God who has all power has all provision. That we need to rest on him and get a full charge. Because I need a full charge so that I can do everything that he's made me to be. If your phone's not fully charged, it drops calls. It doesn't get a strong tower center because it uses as much power it can just to stay on. But it doesn't have as much power so therefore it drops Call. When your computer battery is getting low on your laptop, it don't move as fast as you would like it to move. When, when, when power gets low in our own bodies, when we haven't eaten, haven't drinking, you don't move as fast as you should. You, you get lazy. Sometimes you forget some stuff. You don't know what's going on. And sometimes some people, I know if I'm right about it, have passed out. But when I'm on a full charge... My eyes are wider. My senses are keen. How the saying go, you got to get up early in the morning, what to fool me? It's true, because when you get up early in the morning, you're more awake, you're more alert, because you know what's going on. That's why we need a Jesus like the song, to the rising of the sun, to the going down of the sun, that we need to worship him and serve him in spirit and truth. Why is that? Because he has all power. He is my provider, and he knows my purpose. So why do I got to worry about what the world's going to tell? I don't listen to the Pharisees or haters. In other words, I don't listen to the haters. There's many haters out there that hate our God. But yet I know the truth. And I hold on to the truth. And holding on to the truth means this, that no matter what falls and trembles and falls all around me, I stand on the rock. And on Christ the solid rock I stand. Because when I stand on the rock, I'm like that wise man that built his house on the rock. That no matter what storms may come, I'm going to be here. In other words, that I know where the truth is in. And then look at this text, the disciples, look what they've been through. They went from seeing uh, Jesus walk on water to now in the boat, not understanding how he can provide and do uh, miraculous things. And I just want to highlight this again. They're worried about bread, but he's in the boat. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you know he's in the boat. And if he's in the boat, what you got to fear? If I was in the boat, man, I, 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 after I don't realize, I'd be like, storms come again so I can see these do again. Because I want them to show up. 
I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm desperate to see some stuff like that. Lord. Storms come so I can hear peace be still. Say, ha ha, defeated again. Storms come around. Jesus, walk on the water <laughs> so we get on the other side. Lord, I want to see his power. And God's guess, guess this. Jesus wants to sow it. So all we got to do is sit back and let him be God. And realize, Lord, because of your power, because of your provision, I can see my purpose. So stop looking around through a book to tell you what your purpose is. But look to the good book. Stop trying to call in through some hotline trying to find out what your purpose is. Just get on your knees and talk to him. And you'll find out that he'll never let you down. He'll never let you down. Let us powerful word of prayer. Lord, we just come, Almighty God. Just thank you, Lord, that you are all powerful. That you are sovereign all by yourself. That, Lord, you sit high above the earth. You look low, but yet you care about us. We are like grasshoppers in your sight, Lord, but yet you still tend to us. Father, we thank you, Lord, that through your power, you're able to provide for us that we're never in, in need. That, Father, Lord, you show us that, God, that you have called us from the, from the darkness to your marvelous light to live a life that's pleasing unto you. And so, Lord, we desire to live a life that's pleasing to you by fulfilling the purpose you've given us, O oh God. That, Lord, we allow the power that you've given us to move through us as we surrender to you, O oh God. So, Lord, we ask you to forgive us for the times that we made it about ourselves. We made it about something else, Lord, and not you. Lord, forgive us for the times that, God, we trusted our strength. We trusted somebody else more than we trusted in you. But, Lord, we thank you that you've not given up on us, but you're faithful and just, that you're patient enough with us that you can teach us, you can chastise us and encourage us, oh, God, to realize, Lord, that you are our provider. You are all I need. And, Lord, we are grateful for that. So, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity of coming together in this place. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen.